Today I'm joined by, uh, I met him through Clubhouse, a platform where you can discuss loads of various topics. I happened to jump on one morning at 7am, one room and Adrian happened to be the host. And that's how I, that's how I know, that's how I know Adrian. So if you want to introduce yourself to the ones that are listening and yeah, how we met maybe as well. Yeah, morning everyone. Um, my name's Adrian, um, Adrian Francis also known as Mr. Francis on Clubhouse. Um, I call myself Mr. Francis because that's why I'm a teacher and all the kids know me as Mr. Francis. So it kind of name just goes. Um, I met Liam. I started a room on Clubhouse uh, about a good eight weeks ago. Um, I've thought about it, thought about it, thought about it. I've been on Clubhouse and I thought I'd, I'd work on motivating people. So I looked at it and I was like, well, let's just start a room and see how it goes. So I ripped off the plaster, press start room one day, started off with one person, and now it's grown to, I think one day we had about 150 people in the room, and, it, and the room went on for like 12 hours. Um, my original thing was for the room to start at 7, finish at about 8.30 when people kind of getting into work, and to act a bit like a radio, and for people just to um, have a little listen, jump in, jump out, not to be too much of a big room, but for people to go to work and have a smile on their face and feel inspired when they get into work and they can have a good day. And it's working. It's working. It's not the biggest of rooms. Um, I met Liam. Liam just popped in there quickly, invited him up to talk. Um, I like to invite people up to talk. I just don't want to sit there talking myself and get people involved. And since then, it's blossomed, doesn't it, Liam? No, yeah, I mean, you know, it's, I'm always whenever I do wake up at 7 a.m., I will try and jump on because I've... For me, it's a good start today talking to people. I think I can't stress that enough how important talking to people is because it gives you that. I, for me personally, gives me that little lift in the morning, you know, because you're talking to people straight away, gives you a little little bit of momentum to start the day right. So, yeah, I I love what you're doing. It's good. I I know I've heard some of your stories and stuff, and we've done a live over on my mental health page. You know, some of the stuff you were talking in that was, you know, I knew I wanted to get you on this. So, so my first kind of little question is, what made you want to be a teacher? Because I know you had background in, you know, you were a chef, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I started a chef. I started chef in, well, I've always had a love for cooking. And um, for all my life, I've always had home-cooked food. And I went to a childminder when I was younger. She used to give me home-cooked food all the time. And we used to watch her cook and we used to bake cakes and cookies and things like that. So I've always had a love for that. And I've got a passion for food. Um, to cut a long story short, all my family are hairdressers, so somebody in the house has got a cook, haven't they? So I did my work experience for a company in Milton Keynes called Synergy Catering. I was working at a local school in the leisure centre, and so I did my work experience there. Then when I left school, I went straight into, I, I, if I'm honest with you, I didn't get on with school too much. I couldn't wait to leave. And I got my I got my GCSEs, left school and went straight into an apprenticeship. And that was through the Hilton Group. Worked there, worked my way up. Left and went and worked in a pub, then went back to the Hilton, then left and went worked in another pub and then worked in conference centres. Um, left the conference centre and I kind of stepped back from the mainstream cooking. And I went into the kind of advanced side of, of teaching. But mm-hmm. I was working for a company that got us to teach how to use the food. So how to use products, i.e. ovens, cookers, grills, things like that. But we used to use food to do it. So it's a bit of a different, different spill. And I found that, do you know what? I can actually teach people 
how to use certain things. And um, before, when I was at the Hilton, I was training myself. Um, when we had people come in like a year down the line, that I'd be used to train them on different sections. So I've kind of always been doing some sort of teaching. Then a chance come up in 2013 for me to work within prisons and help prisoners get an education because everybody deserves a second chance. And just because you're in prison doesn't mean that you're, you're written off. Not at all. Everybody deserves a second chance. For the, for the grace of God, a lot of people that go into prison are coming out. And when they come out into the big wide world, what are they going to do? Um, mm. So education is one of the best paths. There are other routes within the prison and little things they can do, but I was working in the education sector. So I was the MVQ level one, two and three professional cookery lecturer and assessor. Mm-hmm. So I'd have six prisoners working with me at a time. We would have a, um, I had my own restaurant within a big house. It was an open prison and it was brilliant. You managed to talk to people that normally in life you wouldn't talk to, inspire people that normally in life you wouldn't um, be inspire and put people on the road that when they leave the prison, they can either cook for themselves and their family or go and get a decent job out there. So you kind of give people a purpose in life because I've witnessed it where a lot of people that are in prison get to the point where they think, well, what am I going to do when I leave? Or they get written off mm. and there's always a second chance. So that's what got me into, into teaching because I believe that everybody can learn and there's no point knowing what I know about food. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm not the oracle. I don't know everything about mm. food, but I've got good knowledge. So I've got good knowledge of the industry. So... I felt, I, need, I felt the need to pass it on. I left there and went to work in colleges. Um, when I'm working in the college, um, I noticed there was a gap. There was a big gap between GCSE and the MVQ in college. So I thought, there's no point moaning about it. I need to bridge that gap. So I've now I've gone into um, secondary schools. Um, I've been working in secondary school for uh, three years now. And my aim was to improve the knowledge of the kids and let them know that they can achieve, they can cook. It's very easy to cook and you haven't got to spend money, a lot of money on food. Mm. Because a lot of people, if, you, if I'm quite honest with you, Liam, a lot of people haven't got money to spend on a lot of food and going out and eating all the time. And you don't know what people's financial status is at home. Mm. So if I, if I taught you to get one chicken and you can feed a family of four out of that chicken three times, mm. you're laughing, aren't you? Yeah, and that's the kind of that's the kind of road we go down. I mean, I won't go into it too much what we do in the kitchen, but it's all about inspiring people and letting people know that they can they can do. Yeah, I mean, for me, that's important. You know, I think you 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 mentioned about people finding their purpose, and you know, you know, you now working in the school. We'll touch on to that in a second. I think it's important. You know, you being a teacher and hearing some of the stuff you do as a, as a teacher and the forms you, you know, I thought are so inspiring. We can get onto that. But my next kind of thing is, you know, you've been in school for three years now. And if you wanted to talk about the mental health challenges, maybe you finished when you first started and maybe gradually as we kind of got to now. (laughs) That you've seen as a teacher. I'll I'll start off with my mental health first. Yeah. Uh, I had a big shock Mm. when I I got to the school. I was quite bullshit. I'm out going person anyway. And I got there and the lady I work with, I spoke to her the other day and she would, she would tell her this. I said, right. She goes, went to go teach in the class. I said, you know what? I worked in prisons. I can deal with these kids. Fine, bish, bash, bosh. We'll get everything done. Well, boy, did I learn. I thought, 
that teaching is just teaching. Mm. It's not. Um, there's you've got teaching the adults that you show what to do, and you've got teaching the kids. You've got to demonstrate what to do. Mm. You've got to go step by step by step. So where a lesson should take an hour, it was taking an hour and a half. Mm. Where um, where I could talk in a different way with the prisoners and get them working, and I was at the college and get them working. It's not going to work at the school. Mm. So I had to. I had a big wake up call myself. So. I went through the stresses of thinking, why isn't this working? Why is this class running late? Why aren't they achieving? Why aren't they? And at one point, I was blaming the students. They didn't wash up. They didn't do this. They didn't do that. They didn't do this. They didn't do that. But at what point do you think, do you know what? Maybe it's you. Yeah, and no, that's that self recognition is key in, in terms of, you know, with you. I always, I just set my page, you know, that self recognition of being able to realize, hold on, there's all these things are happening. Maybe you need to look at yourself because a lot of us try and, I say in society, we all try and put blame on not on other people, not actually maybe to have that self-awareness, that self-recognition to look and be like, okay, maybe what what can I do? What am I doing that maybe affect it? Yeah. So what I did was I, <laughs> mental health-wise, I went home a lot and I was wounded. And then mm. I'm like, I can cook. Why aren't this, why isn't this going right? Why isn't this going right? And um, my technician she was getting frustrated as well because things aren't working. I'm thinking, I really want it to work. I know she wants, really wants it to work. So I sat down and had a word with myself and she said to me a few things. She's like, well, are you cooking the food at home? I'm like, no, what do I cook at home for? I'm like, I'll go to school, I'll cook the food. I know, I know the recipe, go cook it. So I took a step back and I listened to what she said. Mm. And I cooked the food at home. As I'm cooking the food at home with my daughter or my son and I'm, I start planning, planning the lesson. And I tell you what, it's like someone flicking a switch, man. Mm. So, switch. so next week I went into work. I said, right, okay, this is what's going on with the lesson today. Wrote it all up on the board, got it all ready. Bang, the classes were finishing 10 minutes early. All the, all the mm. kids were cooked, getting really big results. And she turned around, she goes to me, who's the new teacher? I went, what do you mean? She went, you, you've totally changed. I brought my levels down and I learned that if these kids, whether they're... 11 or 16 I'm the teacher I'm at the front and they're going to hang on my every single word so if at any point they are erratic so I'm erratic sorry they're going to be erratic you know when people say to you when I start worrying you need to worry mm. very very much the same so mm. when I was erratic they were they were they were erratic when I was panicking they were panicking when I was shouting they started panicking so I just dropped my left dropped my voice down a lot calmer time the lesson a bit more and the flow just came it was flow tick 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 and the, I'm not don't get me wrong we did have lessons where we did struggle a little bit mm. but they're few and far between and you kind of think when you're looking at it when you're thinking people are judging you by your results all the time mm-hmm. I've got the whole mm. school looking at me thinking well these kids relate to my lesson they're in Mr Francis class then suddenly they're not late to the lesson what's going on but then the accountability shifted from myself over to the students mm. because when everything's going right in a lesson and the lesson's done with the right flow, why haven't they got it done? And then you, you manage to pick out the students that do need a little bit more assistance. And the work, my work life got a lot easier. It got a hell of a lot better. So, you know, I do believe that you have, do have to have some personal reflection and some personal accountability. If things aren't going right, you can't always blame the other people. Mm. 
I mean, for my, me, my, my, stress, my, stress, my stress levels reduced a lot. For me, I mean, I've got on with some now. You know, everyone talks about trial and error. It's trial and learn or adapt and learn for me now. Because mm-hmm. when we, we associate error, like we, we that negative, that I see in error as a negative word. It's not the fact of error anymore. It's that adapting or trial and learn because there's no point reflecting on that negative when you can kind of learn from that negative. So that's kind of what probably what you did, and that's why you know you, as you said you had better results. Yeah, I also learned from sleep is nice. Mm. Sleep is nice. Some, something simple like making a flapjack. Mm. Now I've made hundreds of flapjacks before, um, making fairy cake, made thousands of fairy cake before. I'm thinking, why can't I get these kids? Why can't I get these kids? And mm. I realised I was the problem. Mm. I was the problem, and I dealt with that. I dealt with that. So sometimes you have to take ownership, don't you? Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. And I, I was forced to take ownership. And as soon as I took ownership, I was like, "Well, you know, I can, I can cook. Damn, I can cook well." Mm. But um, sometimes you've got to take ownership. Well, they can't, and they're looking at your your every word. And I expect them just because I've shown them, I expect them to know it. No, it doesn't work like mm. that. Mm. So touching on mental health in school. So for me, when I was. So I finished school three, four, five years ago now, and mental health was prevalent. But I would say, would you say it is more prevalent now in school? Because I, because you hear, I, you know, I used to express stories to me. I'm thinking, wow, like some of the stories you've told me. You know, you know, you said you people as young as eleven self harming, for example. So how much do yeah, you feel? How much do you feel? the prevalence has gone up since maybe started three years ago and obviously brought up to now? Um, it, it's always been there, but I think at the moment it's coming to light a bit more. Um, I can't put my finger on why, mm. but it is, it is, it is rising. Um, you do get, there are kids, I mean, not just self-harming, some kids are struggling. But these, these are some of the kids that are, excuse me, that open to turn around and say, I'm struggling. Um, these are some kids that open up to turn around and say, you know what, I need help. But there's some kids you'll see last minute, and, and I'm not saying all kids, but they roll, they, their, their sleeve will be up a little bit too far and you'll see a couple of marks on their sleeve. And you have to keep an eye and then you have to obviously report it or whatever. But it is, I am seeing a little bit more. Mm. Um, it is on the rise. But then some kids... I, I do blame it personally on social media. Yeah. You can't blame it 100%, but a lot of it is going on to the evolution of social media and the want to be accepted and conform. Now, there's so much stuff for people, for kids to go on out there. Mm. And some kids could think that if you can't deal with a situation and meet it head on, oh, I'm just going to, you know what I mean? I'm going to get stressed up, get stressed up. I can't talk about it. And I'm going to harm myself. But sometimes the harming, they don't see it as harming themselves because when they do it, they make themselves feel better. Mm. And they wouldn't understand because there are places on the internet where I think the internet should be managed a lot more, where you can find out where to harm yourself, how to kill yourself, find groups of kids that yeah, are, are able to do this. And they don't, these, these groups don't get shut down quick enough because they're not they're not they're not making lives they're, they're not they're, they're they're not saving lives are they they're, they're, they're actually helping people to hurt themselves and it's not right so for me the impact of social media in my life like you know i haven't chatted to my parents and stuff say for example i, I was i was severely bullied through school 
But you know, mm-hmm. my mum asked my parents about this the other day. You know, when they were bullied, for example, if people were bullied, it wouldn't carry on into the home. Obviously, with social media now, there's so unfortunately there's, there's this the advantage, not to say advantage, but there's this impact that can go back into your home as well. Yeah, I mean, years ago, I mean, I'm quite a bit older than you, Liam. But years ago, when I was at school, if there was a bully, you dealt with a bully. Um, you didn't have social media. So, and if by any chance they found the bully's parents found out where you live in there, and your parents did meet up and talk, you dealt with it there and then. There was mm. none of this Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram bullying, and all the other stuff because that's when it gets underhanded. That's when it gets into your head. That's when it gets mm. abusive. Now, yeah. bullying now. It's gone a lot further than just hanging upside, hanging someone upside down and stealing their lunch money. Mm. Bullying and bullying has gone as far as telling people to kill themselves. Meet me this place, I'll give you a knife, and, and you go kill yourself. Um, kids being goaded. Oh yeah, this person said this person. I mean, some people. Um, when the Black Lives Matter movement was going on, okay, some people have got the view that all lives matter. Now, in a way, all lives do matter. But at the moment, at that time and at present, it's mm. black people's lives that are being taken. Mm. So yes, BLM is is appropriate. And some some people can put, oh, all lives matter. And then some people will say, well, this this person put this. So um, can you go and speak to that person because you're black and this person's addition? I've heard kids say, well, just because I'm black doesn't mean I'm going to talk to that person. Mm. No, not that. You should no, just let the person say what they've got to say. Unless they come into what coming to you saying this, that, and the other, let them be. Leave them be. But the bullying these days and the mental health has gone quite bad. Has gone quite bad. And I don't think social media has helped. I don't think it's man man well enough. Yeah, I mean, Not- as I say, with my experience, you know, I thought I couldn't get away with it. I mean, I can't. And that was that was four, five, six years ago. I mean, now the amount of social media platforms, the amount of probably kids from the, probably even the youngest in primary school probably having a phone using social media has probably got even got worse in primary school. But in secondary school, you know, when when you know kids get more smart, they become more ways to be more malicious. I'd say, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. There then, are. Another thing I can't stress is I've kind of realised I've got older. The lads that the people that were doing it to me, I, I got asked, oh, why do you think they did it? I was like, because they probably had issues themselves. And that's probably what the that's what I think needs to be focused on. Not focused on more, but there's unfortunately everyone has a reason why they do something, you know, whether it's bad or good. So what's your opinion on that kind of little thing there? Um, I'll be honest with you. Um mm-hmm. I was bullied, race, I was racially bullied. Um, a lot of my life and I there was a family that used to live around the corner from me yeah. and we couldn't even go down to the park without being called names um, racial names and having sticks and stones thrown at us and then, I, then for me to go and play on the swings now when you're growing up you probably go and play on the swings go and swing left right yeah, they, go, they go home I used to have to have a fight before I went on the, swing, the swings or go down the park, see this family there, and then run the other direction because I know I'm not getting nowhere near the swings now. As a boy growing up, that's, that, that is no good. So 
it's only last month or the month before I got a friend request on Facebook from yeah. a member of his family. And it sent shudders down my spine. Honestly, I was started shivering. I messaged my sister this Jesus picture. I was like, look at this, look at this picture. Yeah, you recognize him. I said, this is that this member of the family lived down the road. You skip. Then I looked into it a little bit more. I was talking to an old friend who used to live around there. And she goes, yeah, she goes, he's bought up most of the houses in the area where he used to live. And he actually employs a lot of black people and actually helps and, and mentors a lot of black people. I said, but what's happened? She goes, it was his family. It was his mum and dad. Mm. He goes, it wasn't him. I'm not, I, I was, I'm thankful I asked the question of about him and what's going on because I was ready to send him a message on Facebook to say to him, do you know how you traumatised me? Mm. Do you, know, do you know how he did that? Now, the fact that I know now that what he's doing and he's kind of woken up to what's going on and it was his family, I'm going to leave it there. I haven't, I haven't accepted the, the friend request. I don't think I want to. But I'm going to leave it there. I'm not, I'm not going to send him the message. More power to him if he is doing, doing things that are right because everybody deserves the right to change. Everybody. I mean, always. for me, there was a lad about a month ago now. He used to bully me at school. He messaged me on Snapchat about a month ago and said, what you're doing on your page is really good. And I thought I'd never, ever come out of his mouth. <laughs> like, you know, he, he messaged me saying that. I was like, okay, maybe he's matured. And, you know, you know, people... It's as quite you said, humbling, isn't it? Yeah, it was humbling. It was really humbling. Yeah. So... Yeah, you know, for me, I'm not, I'm not a person to hold grudges. Like, even, you know, people do change. And I mean, another one of the lads that bullied me, I kind of found out maybe two years ago that when that one of you was bullying me, I know his parents are going through a whole load of stuff and maybe that's just his way of dealing with it, unfortunately. I live on the thing is, I'll forgive, but I'll never forget because you're never yeah. going to forget. For as long as yeah. you've got a memory, you'll never forget, but... If you live in the past, you're not going to move on. You're not going to move on and you're never going to, you, you're not giving yourself the right to be happy and you have, everybody has the right to be happy. 100%. 100%. I mean, for me, you know, in terms of right now, my terms of my mentality maybe shifted a year ago. My mentality in, in where I am now, a year ago is completely different. I don't live on regrets anymore because mm -hmm. if you live in the past, you're not, you're not alive for, for me personally. If you live in the past, that, there's no point even thinking about your present because if you live, still live in the past, how can you grow and adapt and learn and be the best version of yourself? Yeah, well, it's like I say, the past is dead. Yes, yesterday is done, finished. Yesterday is chip paper. So mm. that's all it is. Mm. Um, you have you have to move forward, but you, you can either live on yesterday's chip paper or create tomorrow's newspaper. It's entirely up to you. Yeah, I like that. I like that saying. So you're in the yeah, you, you said you're in the education system. I want to ask you, do you feel that there is enough mental health support and education within the school sector. I know you, you've told me what you've done to help that in your little form group. Do you feel that there is enough training, for example, within the education system to help um, mental health? Do you know what? There will never be enough training because it's always evolving and kids mm. are finding different ways of doing stuff. But I think the teachers... Um, do you know what? They're, a lot of the, it depends on what sort of teacher you are. Me, um, I listen to my students. A lot of teachers in my school do. Um, we've got some very, very, very good teachers in the school, and we all talk amongst each other. And if, and there is a obviously emails go across, and there is a good network for the kids. And they use they use um, they use cams for the kids to go and talk to different people. And and the, there are a lot of referrals that, that do go through. And 
they are quite hot on it, very, very hot on it. Well, in my in my school, they are anyway. They're very, very hot on it. I do feel that teachers, I think every teacher eventually should be put on the mental health first aid course as a rule, as part of the teacher training. Um, it'll be very, very expensive, and I don't know why they'll do it, but I think there should be some sort of mental health first aid for all teachers because it could be that little... I mean, I, I got it through working in the prisons and you find that there's a big jigsaw they're trying to put together. Mm. And you could just, you could just even um, a child coming in late one day, that could be that one part of the jigsaw they need to go speak to that child and find out something else that's a big, bigger picture. So a lot of it is listening. Um, I think a lot of teachers do need to talk to each other a lot more. Um, I mean, we do talk a lot. We do but I think we need to talk to each other a little bit more and be honest with each other a bit more about this child is struggling, not this child's behaviour. Is why, is, why is this child is that in that behaviour? Mm. Why is this, why is it? I mean, we do do it. Um, I think moving forward, it's going to be happening a hell of a lot more because this lockdown has blown out. Mm. Blown out. So we do, we, as, as form tutors, we spend a lot, lot, lot more time listening to the students we were holding live lessons um obviously we're all at home and we were holding like form normally we we do for, uh, how is it? two and a half hours a week of form time that's um every afternoon half an hour a day and that's for the kids to sit down in form time sit down have a chat teacher delivers whatever and they go on their way now i used to do mine we used to have ours in the morning to start off with um, for first years because of lockdown and all the other stuff that they shifted it over to the end of the day. And I used to be able to send the kids off with like, you know, I've got my thought of the day. I send them off with a thought of the day. I always say to them, be the best you can be. But that had to stop um, because I didn't see him in the morning. I couldn't send them off with that. And a lot of the kids liked it. They really, really liked it. I've been there form tutor since I'm in year seven and now in year nine. A lot of them, lot of them liked it. Not, not all of them got on board with it because they're not all going to, but a lot of them liked it. So I, I thought, well, how am I going to do this? How am I going to do this? So I ended up, I go in the forum every morning now and I leave a message on the board. Um, be the best you can be. Well, so a quote I will find, I think that's going to be prevalent for today. I write on the board, I put Mr. Francis, I put my signature next to it and I put a date. And someone said to me, why are you doing that? I said, because I normally send them a message every day. I'm not saying everyone, everybody should do it. That's, this is me. This is my promise to them. I'm doing it every day. Then we went into lockdown properly and they started to miss it. They started to miss the interaction with each other. So I thought, let me just do a form time. I do it on a Tuesday at whatever time. And uh, it, I only did, it for, only did it for one day. And it gave them a chance to actually sit there. I muted them all. I said, right, just talk to each other for five minutes while I get myself sorted. I'm, I was sat exactly where I am now. They couldn't see each other, but they could hear each other. Mm. Only person they could see was me. So I turned my camera off, ran around, got myself a cup of tea, did what I needed to do. I could hear them all talking in the background. Then I came back, delivered what I needed to deliver, deliver to them, asked them all that, how they all were. At the end of it, has anyone got anything to say to me? Does anybody need a phone call home? Um, do I need to speak to your parents? Hey, getting on with the work. I said, deliver a message to him. Then one by one, do you need your phone call home? Do you want to talk to me? No. Okay. Well, be the best you can be. I'll speak to you next week. And for every single member of the form, I did that. And then I started getting a few emails from parents. 
thank you, Mr. Francis, is going really, they, my, um, my child's been suffering, but now they've actually spoken to each other in the form. It's really, really good. But I, I thought, let me just keep it going. Then I found out that, um, you know, some of the kids were missing my thought of the day. Mm. So I made a conscious effort to email to their school email account for myself that, that thought of the day to them. And I think things like that helps with their mental health and not being around their friends. Ooh. I thought I was struggling for it. The kids, as much as they hate school, yeah. they actually need school. They need school. No, and I mean, it's not, 100%. it's not because of the friends, it's because of the, um, the routine. Mm-hmm. Get up, be in school, do this, do that, do this, do your lunch, have your lunch, evening, sorry, afternoon, see Mr. Francis, go home, or see their form tutor, go home. And it's that routine, that when they haven't got that routine, they're like, ah, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? No one's telling me where I've got to be at a certain time. And kids mm. need it. Yeah, I mean, for me, we... We, we probably would have heard the same. We're all creatures of, you know, we're creatures of habit and we, you know, we like, you know, the importance of repetition within any part of your life is important. So mm. having that repetition for them probably and having that all stripped away, like, going to have repercussions, very big repercussions, I feel. Yeah. It, it, it is quite dangerous. But I'll tell you what, one thing I did, when we were making, <laughs> when we were making the phone calls home, because we, we were asked to phone our students once a week, Yep. fill out a spreadsheet, save their contact with them. The first thing I did, I didn't ask about the kids. I said to the parents, how are you doing? How are you getting on? Because I was sat at home with my kids, they're yeah. doing their stuff, and it was hard. So I said to the parents, how are you coping? Because mm. you know, if the parents coping not too bad, the child isn't going to be too bad. Mm. Parents yeah. struggling, because like, like when the students feed off me, and then every other teacher... I mean, to be a teacher, you're standing there and you look at all these kids and they're, they're waiting for your, for your every word. They're hanging on your every word. So when mm. they've gone from that, being at home, they're hanging on their parents' every word. And it's not easy for the, it's not, it wasn't easy for the parents. Mm. No, my, kind, my next kind of thing is, you, you know, you are, you're a parent yourself. So, you know, for me, when speaking, speaking to you, um, you know, you seem to be very positive with most things you're doing. Obviously, you seem to be very positive in your, in your teaching environment. How do you kind of implement that further as a teacher and also as a parent and do you think parents are as my, ne- my next question do you think parents are doing enough for their kids um, I mean like, I don't want you to it could be controversial but yeah what's your thoughts on that no 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 to be, to be honest I'll, there's no book there's no book on parenting and if there is a book on parenting pick it up throw it in a bit because I can put 10 parents in the room and you've got 10 different issues yeah. and there'll be issues I have never come across and our people never come across because nobody thought that this was going to happen. Mm. The parents have had to relearn stuff. What I will actually say for parents and a lot of parents do do it. They parents need to be accountable for their children's actions, mm-hmm. whether it's good behavior, poor behavior and mental health is different Yeah, because a lot of kids will not talk when they're suffering. So for parents that might think, oh, my child's cutting himself, it's my fault. How have I not seen it? How this? Mm-hmm. You're, not, you're not guaranteed to see it. You don't know what's going on. Kids are very good at hiding stuff. So I'm I mean, not saying that. My, uh, my stepdad said um, from him, you know, he kind of realised that, I mean, I'm not a parent, but he kind of described it as you're always 10 minutes behind your kid in terms of, you, he said, if you put it in a 24-hour period, you're almost mm-hmm. always 10 minutes behind your, your children. 
Yeah. Yeah. You can try and be as front, as much, as in front of them as much as you want. I'll never turn around and say to a parent, okay, well, if your child's hurt himself, it's your fault and you should be watching that because I know what it's like and you're never, kids will never tell you everything. And when you do find out something's gone on, you're shocked, you know, because mm. you think you know your kids, but you not so much you don't. Mm. But there's always something, there's always, you have to accept there's always going to be that little thing that you don't know about yeah. your kids. Um, sometimes you have to find out the hard way. Some, some parents find out it's more drastic measures than others. Um, but when it comes to behaviour, um, I do think a lot of parents need to be accountable for, for their child's behaviour. Um, and they need to be held accountable because I'm a teacher. I'm not their parent. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm a form tutor, which kind of in a way, you're like a godparent okay. to the kids. Um, your, your par- your, all the parents are trusting you with their child and, and to do the best by their child. And you are that gap in between school yeah. and home. You are that gap. So I like to keep in touch with a lot of the parents. Um, even if it could be the smallest thing, uh, and I think their child's changing, I think, well, I better find the parents and just let them rein them in a little bit. Because I'm not going to do it. Or I'll say, well, I mean, this happened, this is the, you might want to have a little chat just to, just to put them back in line. Or, do you know what? I don't know what's happened to your child. The last six weeks, they've been absolutely amazing. Give them, give them a fist pump, take them for a meal, buy them a milkshake, something like that. Just say, well done. Because you do have to, there are, there are good phone calls and there are bad phone calls. And a lot of teachers will pick up the phone when their child has been, when the child has been misbehaved. But a lot of parents will think, okay, just put a positive on the system. Yeah, that's fine. They've, they've done well. Phone home. Mm. Phone home. The amount of, amount of times I phone home to a parent and said, it's not a bad call today. They're like, what? Hey, I said, nah, I've, I've, mm. I had your child for this lesson and they actually blew me away. So give them a pat on back and say, next time, do it again. Um, and the parents, I mean, not every teacher is like that. I mean, a lot, a lot of teachers don't have time to do that. Um, teachers yeah. are very, very, very busy. But if you do get a chance as a teacher, by all means, mm. make, make that phone call. But then the parents have to be, I've, I've, been, I've had to hold parents accountable for their child's actions because I'm not going to be accountable for their child's actions. I've done my best as, as a teacher and a form tutor. Mm. And, then, and then when I've passed it to home, I said, well, I need to hand this over to you because I'm not, I'm not within your four walls. I'm going to go home and deal with my kids. But this is what your child has done today. Can we, we, we have a, I'll have a phone call with you tomorrow, but this is what's happened. Let me know how you get on and we're going to catch up with it tomorrow. And I will make that phone call. Mm. Um, we, do have, uh, we do have a report system in the school where certain kids are put on report if their behaviour, if they've exerted some poor behaviour. Now, I did have a discussion with a parent a while ago and um, she said to me, why is my daughter on report? Because her behaviour isn't as bad as other kids in the school. And that's, that's the problem. Her... Why are you comparing? Your exactly. So I yeah. yeah. So I turned around and said, look, I said, I'm not, I'm not worrying about other kids at the school. All I know is your child's behaviour and the levels that she has set on her behaviour that she has set, at the moment, I've fallen low. So I'm going to bring her back up because I know that she can be like this at the moment she's here. So let's mm. bring her back up. It only, only take a week or two. Let's bring her back up because she's fallen low of her standards and let's bring her standards up. Straight away, it was fine. I, I think parents need to look at their child. Don't mm-hmm. worry about others. Okay, there's a couple of thousand kids in the school. You're going to worry about Tom, Dick and Harry? No. Why about yeah. yours? 
Mm. Your child is a reflection of your doorstep. Mm-hmm. Straight away. And I tell my kids the same. Now, my kids, they're not angels. They are not angels. And I do worry every day when they leave the house, what phone call am I going to get from the school? Am I going to get a phone call? Um, nine times out of ten, I don't. You know, a lot of time I don't. If I do get a phone call, I stop being Mr. Francis and I start being dad, father. Mm. Yeah. I've got a son and I've got a daughter and I've got to be accountable for their actions or I've got to help them to overcome what's happened. And then I've got to switch to be Mr. Francis when I go back to school. Mm. In my head, I'm not worrying about what's going on with my kids. But I said to my kids, when you leave the house and go to school, you will be smart, you will be tidy. There's no, there's no, you can't negotiate on that. Mm. Yeah, you've got to set the boundaries as a parent. It goes, and you will, you will act the way you should act. But you know full well that's not going to be 365 days a year. Because if, mm. you, if you, as a parent, if you think your child is golden, you're, you're not going to have a long Kind of my question I just thought of, how, how do you find that balance between being Mr. Francis because at school and then the parent? Because you because there could be places, times where you think you need to be a parent for the kid for young brought to school. How do you have that? <laughs> How do you have how do you have a balance? Because you know you might have instances where you think, oh, okay, if I if I put my dad hat on, I could maybe help. You know, if, if you want to kind of explain that, you um, oh wow, you you do you're all, you're always going to be a parent. Yeah. No matter what happens, you're always going to be a parent, and you kind of have to act like a parent with some of the kids. Um, and that that's where you've got to have your empathetic side, your compassionate side, mm. your listening side. Um. You know, you have to think, how would my kids react to what I'm saying now? Or you have to listen to your kids because what your kids are saying, some of these kids are saying as well. So you can bring your language down mm. to a different level. Mm. And what you're saying, bring it down to another level. But I've, I've had a few incidences where I've had to think, well, I am a parent. Well, how would this child's parents feel if, you know, that their, that their child is feeling like this? So you have to talk. You've got to be calm. Um and later on, you can phone the parents and say, look, I've just had a conversation with your child, blah, 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 blah. Or you put it on, log it on the system. This is what happened. You know, normally I'd log it on the system first. I'd ask, do I have to phone the parents or whatever? But it is, you, you, ne- you never, ever stop being a parent. And if a, if a child is in pain, you are going to be in pain. You're going to feel that pain because you don't go in, you don't go in teaching, into teaching because you don't care. Mm. You go and see because you do care. You want to make a difference. I want. I want to. I know you. You told a story. You know the, the story about the lad you found him crying. For, if you want to explain that one, if you want to, on this. Um. Yeah. I that is a very powerful story to to tell. Um. I found the lad in a situation that I wish that no child of mine or any other child should be in. Mm. Um. He he was gonna do something very, very stupid. And I happened to be there. By the grace of God, to be quite honest, mm. I happened to be there. Um, coincidences that day, even down to the time I got up in the morning, that led me to be there that day. I stopped this child from doing something very, um, I'm not going to say very, very silly, um, harming himself in, in a serious way, doing something very, very serious. Um, through him doing that, that, that worried me, that scared me a lot. And my first thoughts wasn't basically um, what happened to me, it was, is he getting help? Is he mm-hmm. getting help? And I said to 
is, is he getting help? Is he getting help? And they said, yes. And the school told me what help he was getting, but not what was being said. So I think that's really, really good. But the school also offered me help. Yeah. Um, and it, you'll never, ever be able to erase that from my head what happened. Um, but I thank certain things that happened that day that led me to be there. Bear yeah. in mind, I left work 15 minutes earlier than I normally leave. I left on time, but I normally leave a little bit later on. But I left on time. I was going to go to a roundabout and turn left, but I saw some people I thought I'd go back round the roundabout. I found something going on there and found a serious situation. I had to go and deal with it. But then the parent in me came out. Mm. Parent, parent in me went out. Not once did I think, do you know what? Coronavirus, where's my mask? No. Mm. Um, not once did I think, do you know what? I can't have contact with this child. Yes, if you think if I do have contact, what contact are you going to be having? Mm. But make sure it is the right contact and you're doing the right things and you're doing it for the right reasons. Mm. And that's what I did. And at the, end, at the end of it, I was able to step back like that and keep it moving. And this child is now still alive and this child is getting help. Mm. As simple as that. And that's the thing that worried me. Now, through that, after that, you have to turn around and think, okay, well, what's in place for the other person, not just the child, but myself. And within 12 hours, bear in mind, this happened at the end of school. Within, actually, like 12, 16 hours, I was in touch with people to give me some help if I needed, some more support. So that was handed to me straight away. It wasn't, oh, um, what about this child? It's like, what about Mr. Francis? Is, is he all right? I'll sit at home and my phone's ringing, like a hotline from the school. Mm. Emails getting ping, 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 ping. This is help you need. Thank you for this, da, da, da. But not, once did any and I'm glad nobody used the word hero because what I did wasn't heroic no yeah not for the life of me what I did was it was instinctive but not heroic mm. and that's what that's what makes you think that some what you do isn't a job it's a calling and there's a reason why I was there and my instinctiveness was there to turn out and be the parent mm. be the parent the time I say this is not happening today I was like for God's sake this is not happening today not today, not at all. And I made, I made sure of it. Now, what this child does later on, I have no power over. Mm. I'm grateful for the fact that I was there that day and I was able to help the situation and make him, you know, if, how would I put it? If you, made, that you made him realise it was okay to not be okay. Almost. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it's okay to not be okay, but also... If you're in that situation and you go and do something that's very serious and it doesn't come off, there's a reason why it didn't work. Mm. There's a good, good reason. And you're meant to be here. Yeah. Um, for, for all the people that do do something serious and it does end up being serious and they're not here anymore. I'd hate to think of what place they were in when it happened. Mm. But for the people that actually do try and for the people that it doesn't work and they're still here treat yeah. treat that treat that as a, as a as a lesson that you are supposed to be here yeah your I'm, life is I'm, I'm, I'm a big believer of everything happens for a reason in terms of the uncontrollables and stuff but you can obviously you can only control what you do i mean for me going forward and what i've learned over the past eight months of my little self development phase is you can only control you. You can't really con control the uncontrollables like that. 
the external the external factors of life that you know we all worry about and the fact that i'll have this ownership of you know i'm just going to do what i want to do and not mm. almost you know i think this needs to be do you think it kind of leads on to my next do you think kids need to be taught about their feet because when i was at school we weren't ever taught about feelings our emotions stuff like that do you feel that should be implemented now in school because because it's becoming so prevalent so i say again do you feel that in schools now they need to implement little classes of how to deal with emotions feelings social media um, or is that do. being implemented already that, that is being implemented already um, through PSHE lessons and tutor time. And um, we have like a weekly plan and they get a message from the head teacher and they get word of the week. Um, they get um, like a sentence of the week, saying of the week. Then we have a different assembly on a Thursday and that can be based on a different thing. Um, a lot of it is to do with um, talking mental health but then also we've had a lot on actions reactions actions and consequences um, account a lot of it is based on accountability because as kids get, get older they've got to be accountable for their actions they can't not be accountable for their actions um, and it, it's taught to um, to deal with what is going on out there to hit it head on but then also turn around and don't be afraid to ask for help yeah I mean, for me, when yeah. I was, when I, I just remember PSAG lessons when I was at school, we, it was, it was seen as just a, a fuck around lesson. <laughs> like, um, they're, they're more serious, they're more serious now. I mean, we've got, that's the thing, we've got two things. We've got a tutor time, yeah. which I run, and it's PSAG, which is a whole period. Mm, yeah. And we, at the moment we're doing about healthy nutrition, we've done about religion, we've done about, um, We've done about um, different sexualities. We've covered so many, a wide spectrum of stuff. So, so, so kids, and you've got to be open with the chat. But, mm. And as a, as a teacher, you've got to be open with it and turn around and say um, about people being gay, straight, transgender, this, and you go through the whole thing. And yes, you will talk about willies. You will talk mm. about vagina. You will talk about periods. You will talk about boobs and all things like that. But you've got to be open. Mm. You've got to be open because these subjects are not taboo subjects anymore. They're in your face. Yeah. I years, think ago, the, years ago. The openness and the the the, the ability to express emotion for me growing up was always put like, because, you know, I've count, countless of times where you'd hear, like, you know, I remember when I'd, I'd, I'd cry for the first time in secondary school, I called a pussy and never fucking cry again. <laughs> like, you know, and that was just me expressing emotion. But I think, you know, I feel it's great that, you know, these things are being taught in school because from when I was at school, there's none of that expressing emotion, you know, accountability, feelings, emotion. I think that's so that's so good. I, I hope all schools are doing it. You know, a lot, a lot of schools are a lot of schools are doing it. And then um, there's a lot of things that people don't know that schools are doing because what you find is a lot of schools will come under like an umbrella. Yeah. And they've all got, it's like a curriculum for PSHE, they've all got to be teaching certain things. So you find that a lot of kids are learning very, very similar things at the same time. But a lot of things that we are teaching now is respect. Mm. Respect for themselves. Um, there's a lot of things on social media and there's a lot of youngsters that are, think it's right to do certain things. And 
and people ask these kids to do certain things. Oh, if you do things, if you do this, you're going to get more friends. If you show more scheme, you're going to get more followers. You're going to get more this. If you do certain things, no, 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 no. Um, I was talking to some of the girls um, before Easter about self-respect and not because not they were doing anything. They were talking about other, other girls in this program they're watching and saying this girl's a Jezebel and all the other stuff. And I said, well, what, what, what's, your, what's your clues on self-respect and women? Yeah. Actually, well, we, think, we think more people should have it and blah, 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 blah. And saying about things that they've heard about people in other places. I'm like, what? At your age? 14, 15? And 12, 13? And some kids... crazy. Yeah, and I'm like, wow, wow. I said, well, I hope you're learning from this. They're like, sir, those, you know, those, what you've got there, your body is sacred. Mm. Your body's to be looked after, and we we're talking about obviously people losing their virginity and all the other bits. And that is, it's got to be the fact is, don't give it away. Respect yourself. You haven't got to show your body off. It's, and let you know if someone says to you, "Oh, I want you to show me your body" or anything like that. No, you're not going to get more friends. They're not. They're not going to like you anymore. Actually, they're going to laugh about you, and they're not respecting you. Mm. And um, that's where you're saying about the the bridging the gap between the parents and the, and the school. Um, I think if they get in that, taught that by someone other than their parents, they're going to listen even more. Mm. Because every teacher is seen as being someone that's influential. So... so my next question, how do you... Why do you think there's still problems, though? When they go outside... Of, when, so in problems outside of school, you know, there's, you know, there's, there's fights, there's, you know... Why do you feel like there's problems with mental health still even though you know you said it's being taught in schools why do you think there's still problems unfortunately because there's there's so many like we're saying about social media there's so much stuff outside the school mm. there's so much stuff i mean to be honest i think for, i think mobile phones should be banned inside school anyway That's tough. Um, mm. i think because say say there's something happens in the year seven lesson let's say Hmm. and this child has got siblings in year nine and year 11 hmm. and they send a text message from their to their brothers or sisters in those years or a picture message or something going on in lesson how long do you think it is before they get around the whole school five minutes based on experience of you know yeah so let's just say that you've got a child out there that doesn't like another child and that child says, um, that word, that child says nigger. And they didn't say it. And they said this message, this child called me a nigger. Let's just say. And they sent it to their brother. And, and then they sent it to all these other people. But they didn't do anything in school. They waited till they got outside of school and bullied this kid. Mm. It, it can happen, can't it? Yeah. That's, it the, can unfortunate, that's the unfortunate thing of social media. You know, people can, you know, you can, you might have seen cases where they've made up something mm-hmm. and it gets around and then they become the most hated person in and they didn't even say it. Yeah. But then what happens is it gets outside the school, everybody crowds around, has a fight. What happens these days? People get their phones out. Hey, person's getting beaten up. No one goes in to stop. Now, when I was going to, when I was at school, I'm not saying I never got into a fight because I did. Mm. if the person hit the floor you didn't stamp on them you didn't get your phone out you stopped you left it there someone I've, I've heard fights in the street 
uh, people, and someone could be getting a kick in, and someone will shout, is that enough? Is that enough? Is that enough? And they've left it there because they don't want to kill someone. So we'll teach them a lesson. Sometimes it is a bit of testosterone going everywhere and whatever. And I'm not condoning fighting. It happens. But that's the way some people get out of their system. They've sorted it out. But now it's get your mobile phone out. Person hits the ground. Let's kick him in the head. Let's kick him around. Let's leave him in a heap on the floor in the, in the, in, on an un- unconscious mess. If someone's got their phone out, let's you know it's all over social media. It's all over the school. And people are getting suspended and this, that and that. Over what, though? Over what? Mm. And it can happen. And that's why it can get that bad because you can get some kids turn around and say, well, I'm going to tell someone that you said this, I'm going to send them a message. And you're at home thinking like that. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? And then the kid doesn't want to go to school. Yeah. 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 And I'm not saying, I'm not saying, um, that can be in any school. Yeah. You know? And then the kid's getting bullied at home by via, via Snapchat. Now, if you're on Snapchat, look at this. If you're on Snapchat, and I've got Snapchat, you've probably got Snapchat, right? If I send you a message on Snapchat, saying like, Liam, I'm going to come out where you are, I'm going to do you, blah, 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 blah. And you look at that message, as soon as you close that message, it disappears. Mm. Now, if you screenshot that message, that's mm. going to infuriate me even more because that means you're a grass now. Now I've got, mm. now I've got to come find you. Mm. And your next message said, I see you screenshot that message, you're in trouble. Oh, sorry. Sure. That's the um that's the that's the other group talking. <laughs> yeah, so so that so that could be like me saying, right, Liam, you're in trouble now because you screenshotted that message. Now I'm gonna come and get you because who are you showing it to? Boom. That makes life even worse. And the message gets around, Liam, Liam screenshotted that message. Can you imagine how kids are feeling these days? No, it's, I like I I've got younger cousins and stuff, and they what they can do on their phone, they we're younger than eleven is you know, when I was eleven. Couldn't even do half, half maybe seventy five percent of the things you can do now. Liam, when I, when I was eleven, <laughs> the only mobile phone that was out was the toy one in my dad's car. <laughs> you go like that, and he accepted his thing. And, and when he did have a mobile phone, it had a brick on the end of it as a, as a battery about this big. <laughs> do, you, do you feel so? From your perspective, I mean, I've got, I was only given my first phone when I went to secondary school just because my mum could keep contact, but it was only a little one where you could call, text and play a snake game. Yeah. Do you feel now, with the development of social media, you think kids be allowed to have phones? At what age would you give? What would you say? Um, what would you say? Well, I, I got my first phone when I was 16. Yeah. Um, I, but that's, that's when I started work. Yeah. Uh, my sister was pregnant as well. Um, so we had to like, keep, keep that contact. Yeah. And it was a Panasonic G500. Yeah. And um, it was the first phone to ever vibrate. A little button on the side, flick it up and down to vibrate. And it had an aerial. Get that. Yeah. I had a pull-out aerial. And <laughs> I'll tell you how old the phone was. Uh, I, think I sent my first text message. It cost me 50p. <laughs> 50p. Um, but I needed that phone. Now, my daughter's going to get a phone when she goes to school. Yeah. Um, when she's 11 um, she's 10 at the moment when she goes to school yeah. but rules are going to come with that phone yeah serious rules will come with that phone because she's not going to disrespect that phone and she's not going to be on it all the time hmm. um, and my kids both understand that me and their mother have the right to take their phone off and go through it if we need to so hmm. by all means get your child a phone but don't lose your parental rights as soon as you do 
take that phone away, go through it if you have to. Mm. Go through it, you have to look for it. And you can, I call it mismarpling. Mismarple that phone. You go through from top to bottom, every single thing, because it's not infringing in your um, in your kids' human rights and all that bullshit. Because some kids, keep, I've, heard keep some, them I've heard some, it's, it's, when teachers confiscate phones at school, I remember one kid saying, you can't do it, you take away my human rights. <laughs> it's not, you know, I mean, for, for me, you know, you, you know, when it happened to me, I, I thought about saying it, but I was like, come on, right? And, you know, when people take their phones away, I mean, for me, for example, I would talk about when my parents took my phone away, I went ape shit. Like, I was so bored. Like, I thought I couldn't live without it. And I'm at this age now, I'm thinking, fucking hell. As, you got, as I got older, I'm thinking, okay, no. I reflect on how I was as a kid. I'm thinking, okay, yeah, fair enough. But no, I think that's that's important what you were saying to me, sir. Yeah, I mean, parents do have the right to take your phone away and it's to keep you safe. Because as a child, obviously, Liam, you think you know everything. Mm. You think you think you know the whole world and your pet and you don't think your parents know fuck all, but the parents do, your parents know a lot, and half the time your parents have been through it. And your parents want to shield you from whatever badness that they could have got into when they kind mm. of see that you're a bit you're that you're a bit reserved, that you're not talking, that you're not this, you're not that. They're like, whoa, what's going on with Liam? Mm. Um so you've got to be really, 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 really careful. And I, I do think that parents should have the right, not, not every week, not every month, but if they feel the need to go through your phone, mm. well, you're not an adult, are you? You ain't shit. You're a child. Mm. Give me your damn phone. I'll go mm. through it. And if I, find anything, if I find anything on your phone that warrants me taking your phone off you or going to the police or phoning the child's parents saying, do you know what this your child's doing with my child? Or... Saying to my child, mm. I've seen some stuff on your phone. I suggest you don't do that anymore because, but you don't just turn around and say, I suggest you don't do that anymore. You tell them why. Mm-hmm. Tell them why. Because this, 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 this. If after that they turn around and don't listen to you, well, that's that's up to them, isn't it? But yeah. you must tell them why. Otherwise, what you're doing has no weight. Mm. Has no weight whatsoever. Everything. Everything has a why, though. For me, I mean, you know, based, based on what I've learned, you know, there's a reason why everyone, there's a reasons why you shouldn't do do stuff because there's, I think with me, I was chatting to my family the other day, society of the day, you either have massive consequences or there's nothing. For me, when I was growing up, and I think it's still the same now, you, have a, you either have massive consequences because it's, the jump from nothing to here is so much quicker, I think, in now, maybe when you're yeah. there. Because um, I remember it's you were telling me you just the, the in terms of the respect for authority, we can do a whole another podcast about respect for authority. <laughs> like the kids that have no the kids that have respect for any authority these days. So well, some of them do, some of them don't. Some of them you can turn around and say, "Well, I'm a teacher." Well, they're like, "So I'm Mr. Francis." So yeah, I don't know. respect you. I say, "Okay, well," and then but then I spin it on them. You can spin it on and say, well, have I ever disrespected you? Did I? No. Did I ever talk to you like crap? No. I said, well, don't do it to me. Mm. I had a child walk past me. No, I'm bald. Look, I'm bald. I had a kid walk past me and he thought that he was brave enough to rub the top of my head. And I stopped him. I said, come here. You stand over there. I'll sort the rest of the kids out. I said, now, 
what makes you think that you could put your hands on me? Number one. Mm. Or, do I ever put my hands on you? He's like, no. Or, do I ever rub your head now? You've got a puffy afro. He said, said, no. I said, are you any of my kids? Because my daughter will my man, she'll tap me on top of my head. My son will do it. Because you're my kids. You live in my house. He's like, no. I said, don't ever put your hands on me again. I said, I don't do it to you, so you don't do it to me. Straight away, when I challenged him, sorry, Mr. Francis, I won't do it again. Mm. Fine. So we've done that with ironed out, that's sorted. I'm not going to carry it on. But he needed to understand that he pushed the boundaries far too far. And I wouldn't do that. But not a lot, and not every single teacher in this country, in this world, can do that because some of the teachers in this world haven't got the respect to the kids. Some of the teachers in this world will turn around and say, You must respect me, but given no reason to respect you. I mean, after I, I, it's not a funny story, but I remember there was a guy, there was a good big group of teachers at lunchtime standing about 20 meters away. It was ball, basket, it was a basketball. He goes, I'm just mm. gonna kick up in the air and try and hit a teacher. Boom, up in the air, hits this female teacher on the head. She, she's unconscious. There was no consequence the next day. He was in school the next day. And he said to, he said to everyone, anyone grasses on me, in terms of the, like the, the people, like obviously peers, he was like, anyone grasses me, you'll get beat up. Quite a big guy, quite a big character in the year, but some, one of the teachers saw it, it was him. Yeah. And he, he was in school the next day, there was no consequence. He was just suspended for one day. <laughs> one day. <sighs> it's... It's mad. Anyway, that's a whole other respect is a whole different. Maybe we can do another one. But my final question is this pandemic, you know, it's going to, it's affected everyone's mental health, not even, not, you know, me, you, everyone. But I think with the kids, how do you feel that it's going to, because I, I think I was chatting to you, I think it was you the other day, the repercussions, or I can't remember what I was chatting to you, the repercussions of this whole pandemic. What, how do you think it's going to affect people's mental health in terms of kids at school? Make or break. Mm. So it's make or break. These kids, um, good. That, it's good that kids are resilient. Um, I've had conversations with parents, and they're like, "Where do we go? What do we do?" And I'm, I could tell them and say, "Well, this is what I'm doing with my kids. You could try this with yours. Um, whether it's going to work or not is another story because every child's different." So I've. Personally, I've tried to tell my kids and remind them that, yes, you've missed at least a year's worth of education, at least. You need to either um, let that affect you in a positive or negative way. You can affect it in a way of, okay, you're going to use it as an excuse to do fuck all or use it as a reason to pick yourself up and succeed. There's, there's no, there's no, there's no grey area. There's no mm, halfway. You either let it excel you or you let it pull you down. Yeah. But <laughs> I can't say what way it's going to take you. I can try and guide people in the right direction, which is what we're there to do. But whether they take it or whether they learn from it is entirely up to them. And it's not easy. There are some kids that just want to come in to just come in and do nothing. And there's some kids that want to excel. And I will turn around and some people will turn around in class schools and say, this is a good school, that is a bad school, this is a good school, this is a bad school. 
And I'll turn around and say to anyone and anyone that says that, mm. you can, I can put, I can buy four acres of land. I can't afford it, but I could go buy four mm. acres of land, put a building on it, and write the word school. Mm. It's what you fill it with. Mm. And some kids do want to, some kids don't want to. That doesn't make it a bad school. Okay, you can get to a bad school if the kids that don't aren't disciplined and there's no actions. But who, who knows? Who knows? Could When you went to school, did you go to school and think, okay, everyone is going to get 100% attendance, everyone's going to get, the behaviour is going to be amazing, there's going to be no negatives in the school. Could you say that? No, because there's always, there's always going to be those people, in, in life in general as well. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you need to, I mean, all the teachers in the school where I'm at, they're positive as hell. They're like, we've, we've spent all of that time away. How are you doing for a start? How are the kids doing? Let's try, let's try and get the kids through, through, through. That's all you can do. I think, we're, you know, we're, all, we're all working. The, the importance of, for me, I mean, I always remember my parents used to say, you, I, you know, I always used to be like, oh, well, I did better than this person. They always said, well, I don't care. And I think in life as well, the most important person is yourself. And that's what needs to be, kids need, to, I think kids are quick to always go compare themselves to others as well. So I think mm-hmm. most, they need to have that, not education, but have that, the, the know-how of, you know, no one, the only person that matters in their school is yourself. Yeah. And that applies um, to life go, as well. Yeah, you, you go to school by yourself, you leave school by yourself. I'll say that you're only as good as people that are around your table. So um, the other year, there was a child and he scored all nines on his GCSEs. Yeah. And, and the school took a picture of him. The good thing about that picture was, he was surrounded by his friends. Yeah. The story that the, the story that picture doesn't tell you is he opened his results before his friends opened theirs. And the reason why, as he's as they were going through the learning journey, certain of his friends realized that what he was doing was good. He's a really, really smart cookie. So the school actually let him have classes at the end of school. Said, right, okay, here's that classroom because he was doing holding the revision sessions. So he was teaching his friends. As well as the teachers, because he was learning well, he was teaching his friends. So they knew if he succeeded, he was going. They were going to succeed. Mm. He got all nines. They got. They all were sevens, eights, and nines. Mm. So you're only as good as, and that's proof. You're only as good as people around your table. Yeah, I've, I've said that before. You were hanging around with everyone to hang around with, weren't you? Yeah, and then goes back to the people I've heard of. You know, you're the average of the five people you hang around. With. That applies mm-hmm. in school, applies in life, and applies in anything you do. Mm. Now, I'll be honest with you, a lot of these boys, they weren't angels. Mm. <laughs> not at all. Not mm. at all. They're teenagers. They're teenagers. They've got to learn. They've got to live. They've got to learn. But when it comes to their education, they were like, well, I'm not an angel, but I want to learn. I want to do well. I want to get out of school. And I'll be, on- I'll be honest with you, success isn't something that you do. Success is the decision that you make. I like that. I like success, that. You don't wake up successful. Bill Gates, um, Mark Zuckerberg, they weren't successful. They failed on many things, but they decided they want to be successful. So they climb the trees they climb the mountains they did what they've got to do to get there but they decided they want to hit the roof and they've done it and why be tired anyone turned around and said well Bill Gates has just got it through nothing Mark Zuckerberg has got it through nothing they had to, they, they've had to climb some mountains to get there Warren Buffett had to climb some mountains to get there yeah yeah I would consider myself at the moment as being successful because at the moment what I'm working at I'm working towards yeah. taking a little step yeah. Taking little steps, 
you're successful when you wake up and decide to get out of bed because you've decided to do that. It's not always the big thing. Hundred percent. It's a little. It's a little wins. Hundred percent. But no, it's been a pleasure, my man. I'm, I'm glad I got you on. And yeah, to those that are listening, I know you can take some value um, from this. But no, yeah, this has been the At One To One Mental Health Podcast. You can find me on Instagram at One To One underscore Mental Health. And Adrian, if you want to kind of put your Instagram on there. You'll find me on my Instagram at Mr. Francis 81 on Instagram. Yeah. You'll find me on there. And on Clubhouse as well. Um, seven o'clock every morning, uh, morning motivation, food and sports. It normally starts at seven o'clock in the morning. It finishes about half past eight, but it is now 10 to one and the room is still going. People are still being motivated. So what I'm doing, what we're doing is working. So mm. just keep it up, consistency. And to those that don't have Clubhouse, I can just kind of a little finish up, download Clubhouse, because for me, it's been a very good platform just to learn, um, you know, be surrounded by like-minded people virtually. And I feel, you know, as we were saying, you you are the... You are the Average of the five people we hang around for associated with. At the moment, there's 10 people in the room. So it's no. still going strong. I'll jump back in yep. here in a minute. Well, no, yeah, guys, thank you for listening. Thanks, Adrian, for joining me. I'm sure we'll be getting on in the, in the next in the next season. My little Oh up. gosh, yeah. Do you know what? I'm always Liam, you know, I'm like I'm always here to chat. And if anybody wants to DM me on Instagram, we can have a chat. We can have a chat. Um, we can do a live, whatever. It's yeah. I think well, I think no. we're probably gonna do about one, one or two lives a month, William. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. So I appreciate your time. And again, thanks guys for listening. And take care. Yeah, cheers. Take care.